Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show. I'm Faker Carruthers. England have won their opening game of the Women's World Cup, but it was far from convincing performance-wise against a Haiti side ranked 49 places below them. We didn't score the second one, and then it, it, it stays tight, and then I'm relieved it was done. England boss Serena Wiegmann there. She gave Alessia Russo the nod ahead of Rachel Daly, but failed to get on the score sheet. She feels the team needs to regroup ahead of the Denmark game. I think we could have managed moments a little bit better, and yeah. Yeah, I think we'll go back, learn on it, reflect on it and be ready for Denmark. We'll assess the game as it was and we'll also pop into the Republic of Ireland camp and hear from midfielder Denise O'Sullivan ahead of their second group game against Canada. It's going to be a big challenge, but I think it's one we're prepared for. And um, yeah, this, this team is fantastic. we got a lot of talent. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show. I'm Millie Bryant and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Saturday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? That wasn't as much fun as we were expecting, was it? Uh, delighted to say. World Cup bronze medalist Leanne Sanderson is with me, fresh from commentating on England's opening match against Haiti, which was live on Talk Sport. Before I introduce her properly, let's hear her in action and hear how the game sounded. Russo gets the game underway. And so too begins England's World Cup campaign. So much expectation. Can England go all the way in the 2023 FIFA World Cup? The journey begins here. Lauren Hemp has played the ball through the middle and it's only half cleared and the low shot by Russo is gathered by the goalkeeper. First real chance of the match for England. 80 on the attack, it's a play through the middle towards Borgella and she rolls the ball wide. Well, what an opportunity that is for the massive underdogs today. England have a penalty kick. 26 minutes played, an obvious handball. Here goes Georgia Stanway, right-footed for England and it's Saved! Saved by the goalkeeper! They're going to check to see whether the penalty, I think, should be retaken, possibly for encroachment. She signalled it, it's being retaken. Well, it's an offence by the goalkeeper, we're told, so we can only assume that the goalkeeper was off her line, and she was. Take two from the spot, right-footed, and this time she scores! Take two! Georgia Stanway makes no mistake! Rolls it into the bottom corner, and England are off and running.
at the Women's World Cup. Russo in the box. Snapshot saved by the goalkeeper. By Mondesir, edge of the penalty area. She sets up. Hello, Assort. Good save by Herbs. Mary Herbs has kept England's advantage. Now the referee does blow the full time whistle. A strange end, but a win is a win. And England are off and running at the 2023 Women's World Cup. Full time in Brisbane. England have beaten Haiti by a goal to nil. Well, I mean, I gave you the big build-up, Leanne, and you weren't even on the commentary. It's as if you weren't even there. I heard you. I heard you. You were wonderful. Uh, We will be going through all of the action from day three of the tournament later in the show. But first and foremost, England won Haiti nil. Leanne. Where do we even begin with that England performance? It felt like a bit of a, a rescue mission from Georgia Stanway and Mary Earps. It did, and it's important to not get too carried away. I'm mindful of that. I think we did that at Old Trafford in the first game of the Euros last year. I can't actually believe it's not even been a year yet since England won. I feel like it's been forever in a good way, and the women's game's gone to another level now. But I think we've just become so like lucky. The Lioness has been so good since Serena Vigman took over. And then today, we had all this build-up and a lot of outside noise. People saying, oh, you know, they've not scored. There's a problem with their scoring. But then actually... All of the things that people have said to me, I saw today. Mm. I saw it against Portugal, but maybe I was not wanting to see it. Mm. And I thought we'd get to the tournament and all of a sudden, not just flick a switch and you're good, but, you know, they have been good under Serena Vigman. Only one loss against Australia. Today's performance wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. Haiti, give them credit. They were amazing. They were. They weren't just, like, organised. They were, they went for it. You know, they had some good players. De Mornay was amazing. I thought their goalkeeper was amazing. I thought everyone was really good for Haiti. And they carried on going. And they could have won the game. Mm. As crazy as that sounds, ranked 53rd in the world against England that are fourth. And they gave them a run for their money. Can't believe it. So credit to Haiti because I think it's important to remember when a team doesn't play the way or win the way everyone expects them to, you start thinking, oh, it's because they've not played well. But Haiti, I think, shocked England in the way they started the game. But Serena Vigman will analyse this one game. They won, didn't they? It's important to remember we won the game. So, not the best performance, but a win to win. Well, why don't we hear from the England manager, um, Serena Vigman? She spoke to Talk Sports' Courtney Sweetman-Kirk straight after the game. Serena, job done in terms of you've got the win, the three points, but performance-wise, were you happy with it? Of course, I'm very happy with the three points. That's the most important thing. I think Haiti was a very hard opponent to play against. I'm happy with a couple of things and also um, things that... That's yeah, that was hard for us. I think it was a very hard game for us. Um, we had possession a lot of the time, but as soon as we lost the ball, they were so fast and quick in the counter-attack, and that caused us a couple of problems. Um, I do think we could have made us ourselves a little easier to, uh, to score the second goal. Uh, we created chances. Um, we came the second half a little better than the first half. Um, but, um, yeah, we didn't score that second one, and then it, it, it stays tight, and then... I'm relieved it was done. And you said in your press conference you did your due diligence on, on Haiti. You were expecting you know, a good performance from them, but they were, were very good. Were you expecting that level of performance? Well, yeah, we said they were unpredictable. We said they were very transitional um, and uh, unpredictable, and that's exactly what they were. Um, what they showed, they were really quick, like we in possession. We were struggling to stay out of the duels, and, and they were very physical too. So. Yeah, maybe that was even better than we than we expected. But then you have to feel that when you play against them. Um, I think our analyses were good. It's just then to experience on the pitch. Uh, th- that's the first moment that you 
realise how it matches up with us. Yeah, in terms of maybe getting exposed a little bit on the counter-attack, is that something you're worried about going into Denmark? And, and maybe that they're looking at that, thinking that is a way to exploit England? Yeah, well, I think um, also Denmark, I think they will be very tight in defence and uh, try to go on the counter-attack. Um, we are aware of that all the time because every opponent we play against, especially the last period, they are very tight, they drop a little deeper, they give the... the, the, the um, uh, the ball to us and then they try to um, to get a lot of space behind our defense and win it and then go for the counter-attack. So, so that's not very different. Um, we just want to be a little tighter on the ball. And I, I don't know what your message was to the players or whether you get to speak to them or at least at, at half-time. What, what was the message from yourself to them? Yeah, I think, well, speed up the game. Uh, so from the back in the build, let the ball faster space of the ball. And also the rotations on the side, we could have stepped up a little higher, quicker, and then get the ball there too. Um, they were in midfield at some moments playing 1-3-1, one, one, so also the centre pass was, um, was open at moments. So little things like that. Serena Veeman, the England manager there with uh, TalkSports England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Interesting. She Listen, Serena Veeman doesn't give too much away, but what I found most fascinating with that interview, Leanne, was using the word relieved. I think we all kind of breathed a sigh out at one point, and she thinks, and you know, reading between the lines, I think she knows we've got away with one there. Yeah, she does, and I think you can tell from her demeanour on the sideline you know she's very calm i love serena vingman you know how highly i think of her but i think for sure especially when they could have scored a couple of chances if it wasn't for mary earp she was absolutely brilliant yes she wasn't called upon a lot but she had two at least three unbelievable saves in that game that kept us in the game and that sounds so crazy to say against haiti who are ranked 53rd but they caused us problems so well, Geller in particular caused us loads of problems and actually perhaps should have been more clinical should have scored in the first half for sure but the the concern for me it isn't necessarily scoring goals as crazy as that sounds it's the back line mm. i thought millie bright and jess carter just in the actual opening everyone got the team sheets and it said jess carter was playing at left back and Alex Rimmel was playing centre-back. Yeah. And then as soon as they kicked off, we could clearly see that wasn't what was happening. And, you know, I know people are saying, oh, Rachel Daly, top goal scorer in WSL, blah, blah, blah. She should be starting in the nine. But I still think she would be better mm. on the field of play some way, somehow. So I think like Alex Greenwood pushing into the centre-back position and then Rachel Daly playing it, I think it would have been better. I think you have to pick the best 11. The players that were on the field of play today, are they the best 11? I don't think so. Well, let's analyse the, the selections that Serena Wiegmann made because when we were talking on the pod the other day in, in the preview to this game, we talked about you know the decisions she had to make. The back line was one of them. Who would start up front was another. Who would start at 10, uh, the third one. And... Uh, when I looked at the team sheet, I could understand why Serena Wiegmann had done what she'd done. And she sees the players in training, right? I am not a manager, neither are you. However, I think she went with Millie Bright and um, Jess Carter as the centre-back pairing because Jess Carter can be a bit exposed on left as a left-back because she's right-footed and she can get herself a little bit muddled at times and, and, and doesn't always look particularly comfortable. I thought Alex Greenwood being on the left-hand side would mean she'd be marauding down the left and, and playing... With, with Lauren Hemp, who she plays with at, at club, and they'd be linking up quite nicely together. And that didn't actually hap happen. And she stayed quite deep in the end. And, and because Jess Carter and um, Millie Bright play together at Chelsea, I thought maybe, you know, that that, that, that 
is the thinking. But I'm exactly with you. I really did think, particularly when you've got another striker on the bench in Bethany, England, who's had a fantastic season for Spurs. I do think perhaps you can trust Rachel Daly. I've spoken to her on so many occasions. She always says, I'll play wherever you want. You know, even in goal, even though she knows she wouldn't be as good as as, uh, as uh, Sam Masterface describes Mary, <laughs> Queen of Stops, uh, Mary Earps. Um, but I, I still think that solid back line for me is Rachel Daly as left back, Millie Bright and Alex Greenwood and um, Lucy, Lucy Bronze. Bronze. You yeah. know, I, personally, but. Uh, Again. And she knows Rachel Daly can do that. Yeah. Because she did it the whole of the Euros. And I was one of the people that got convinced during that time. I was mm. like, why is Alex Greenwood not playing? Blah, blah, blah. But like, actually, Serena rolled me over during that tournament with regards to that selection. Because as the longer it went on against Spain, there were a couple of times in the first half Rachel Daly looked quite nervy mm. in, that, in that game, if you remember. And then she kind of came alive, 1v1. And she was already top goal scorer in the NWSL in America mm. when she was still playing left-back for England. And I think because she wasn't visible to everybody here, yeah. they just assume she's always been a number nine. But it also gives you an option going forward. If it's not working or you're comfortable, then shift Rachel Daly up front. Or, you know, we've seen Millie Bright go up and, 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 and play an attack for, for England before. They, they can do that. They, they can manoeuvre people around. And, yeah, I mean, listen, we... we who would who would we be to question Serena Wiegmann, no. uh, FIFA best no, uh, I'm, coach I'm, I'm of the absolutely year? Absolutely not. You know, I think, but at the same time, this clearly didn't work today. No, and I think another one in Ella Toon, like in Lauren James. I, I personally think Lauren James should be playing in the ten. I think you fit players in the lineup. I I just don't think I don't think Ella Toon offers enough. And I think we saw that today. Kira Walsh is getting pinned back because Mondesir was very good. Damani was very good. Luis was very good pinning her back. She couldn't get any space on the ball. Mm. Then that was up to Georgia Stanway and Ella Toon to find space. Ella Toon is that player that's in the 10 that has to feed Alessia Russo. Chloe Kelly, I thought, had a really good second half. Lauren Hemp, I thought, was actually one of our better players. Wouldn't have taken her off for Lauren James. Do you know what? There, there was a gorgeous bit of play in the opening five minutes between Lucy Bronze and Ella Toon down the right-hand side, and I thought, oh, here we go. This yep. is going to be nice. A couple of little back heels. But then they just seemed to get shaky from that point, and the second that Haiti caught them on the counter-attack, which they did on a number of occasions, you know, you, you just thought, oh, hold on. They got an early early corner, early pressure, and you could see that England felt a little bit a little bit rattled. Look, we haven't even spoken yet about Georgia Stanway's retaken penalty or that fantastic stop from Mary Earps. We'll continue the analysis of England's opening World Cup win over Haiti shortly. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show. Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up, we will hear from England striker Alessia Russo as well. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England and Republic of Ireland's matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Leanne Sanderson is with me, and we're dissecting England's Group D opening win over Haiti at the Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, Let's get some more reaction, shall we, from Australia. TalkSport's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk caught up with striker Alessia Russo and asked her if the performances needed to improve going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, job done. Three points on the board, which is the most important thing in tournament football. 
but yeah, lots to build on from today. Um, I think we could have managed moments a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I think we'll go back, learn on it, reflect on it and be ready for Denmark. And there's been a lot of noise around who's going to start in that number nine role. It, it was you for today. How did you feel and, and did you relish you know, having that on your back? Yeah, I think there's so much competition all over this squad and we all know that the bar's so high so you just got to perform in training and when you get your moments you've got to take them and yeah, I mean, every time I step out and play for England I love it and I'll leave my heart on the pitch so um, yeah, lots to build on today and, and we get ready for Denmark now. And in terms of, you know, the performance has got to improve but, you know, maybe fans and media alike, are we maybe getting a little bit too carried away? Um, in terms of because of the success have you had, is it the fact that now, you know, yes, it, it's not the best start, but you want to, you know, beat your best at the end of the tournament, not now? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. And I think, yeah, there's always noise coming from the outside. But I think what's really special about this group is that we stick together and all that matters is the opinions in the dressing room and from the staff. Um, and we're confident. Um, we'll go back to training. We'll work hard. We'll be better um, and we'll learn from things. And yeah, tournament's about momentum, so we just got to keep moving forward. And in terms of those opinions in the dressing room at half time, whether it you know be your teammates, whether it be the coaching staff, what what were their thoughts? What exactly did they they want you to improve on? Yeah, I think we have so much experience in the team and obviously in the staff as well that you just got to trust in what they say. And I think that we wanted to kind of press them a little bit more, um, stop them playing long because that's where their threats come from. Um, so we wanted to make sure that. We nullified that as best as we could. Um, and then, yeah, in possession, just be slightly tighter on the ball um, and create more more chances. But I think towards the end of the game, you could see that we were creating connections all over the pitch. So, um, yeah, lots to lots to move on going forward. And just lastly, a thought on the fans. They've obviously travelled en masse halfway around the world. A lot of England fans in the stadium tonight. I mean, did that surprise you? Or do you know, you know how good that, that the fans are that follow you around the world? They're amazing and they're so special to us and we love hearing them. They were so loud tonight um, and yeah, it really, really spurs us on and they're our 12th player in the stadium and we love them um, and we can't wait to see them all next week. I mean, look, Alessia Russo obviously puts a positive spin on it, but she did, you know, sit there and say that there is work to do, as as we know, and there are quite a, quite a few things that they're going to need to work on. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because obviously the questions are asked put to her about if she should be playing not if she should be playing or not but is that a co topic of conversation and she speaks about blocking out the outside noise making sure they stay as a team and that all that really matters is what the teammates think and the staff I think I get that compared to the Euros I think people were calling for Alessia Russo to start especially in the final and then Ellen White continued to start right so I think it's similar but not the same mm. situation because you've got Rachel Daly who's on fire scoring goals left, right and centre and we're yet to see if it is determined if Alessia Russo runs her socks off and does what she does does Rachel Daly then come in and have the same impact that Alessia Russo did with Ellen White I don't think so mm. doesn't seem that way it's not because they're better players or worse players it's just the reality so it's still a lot of questions marked, marks to be asked. I just don't want to get in a situation where we're like, Alessia Russo hasn't scored, so that means Rachel Daly has to start, and then she starts the next game, she doesn't score, and then, you know, they keep flip-flopping. Serena Bigman makes that decision, mm. and the players will be happy with it. We need to talk about the mentality of Georgia Stanway. The second she stepped up to take the penalty, she scored seven from seven for, for England before this game. Um, I mean, let's talk about the handball first and foremost, and it didn't really need to go to VAR. The, the Haitian defender with her arms straight up in like a basketball kind of defensive move, it was quite astounding to watch. Blatant penalty. Uh, the uh, referee took centre stage for the majority of that first half, actually, didn't she? Um, and as, as, as soon as Georgia Stanway stood up... I just thought, 
absolutely she's going to score this didn't even question it and then it was retaken which was a relief because it was a fantastic save from the Haitian um, goalkeeper Um, but at the same time she was off her line yeah and it was a brilliant save absolutely brilliant and you could see everybody was celebrating with her and then it was almost like there was it was the emotion was still there when she was stepped up Mateus was there in the back of the net and Georgia Stanway stepped up Mm. it was almost like she was so disappointed that that was it was retaken that the emotion got the better of her because you could see Georgia Stanway put it in the bottom corner but the keeper wasn't ready do you know what I mean it was almost like she was still thinking about that so it was a great save absolutely needed to be retaken and there was a lot in that first half wasn't there to dissect their clear penalty I mean I'm not quite sure what the defender's doing going two arms in the air like a basketball match and and I think VAR did a relatively good job in the game today apart from obviously the Chloe Kelly one when she that massive you know cut down her leg but then it wasn't going to be a penalty because Alessia Russo did clip yeah. the defender so, I think it was because it happened after it was yeah. the next phase but they of... gave her a yellow card which I thought I was quite interesting because I'd rather them give nothing absolutely because I you're agree like with okay you. it's in the next phase of play don't then give a yellow because and then, it was a red and don't <laughs> give a, a yellow to Alessia Russo no. because that was over the top for, for what that actual challenge was but you know England did gather their heads but I kind of thought they'd come out in the second half like we've seen them do before and say, this isn't the kind of performance we want to be putting in in the opening game. Let's turn it on a little bit. And they, you know, we, we saw the change at, at 60 minutes, as you predicted, with Lauren James coming on um, for, for Lauren Hemp, um, who wasn't necessarily the player that we thought Serena Vigman would take off. But then uh, we didn't see Rachel Daly till 15 minutes before the game. And, and then they still couldn't get that second goal. No, and they were pushing. You know, Rachel Daly was getting into good areas, staying really central and then around the you know, 18-yard, six-yard box. And Lucy Bronze put a couple of really good balls into the box. But at that point, it's difficult when you're in a tournament as well, Faye. I've been there when you think you're going to play, not the other divine right, and then you don't. Yeah, we can talk about everyone being together, which is true. But mm. then at the same time, you're still managing those things individually because Rachel Daly's probably thinking, what, what more can I do? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, more... Mary Earps can do everything she wants, can't she? Because she barely touched the ball, really. You know, because Haiti could have gone ahead, but, you know, it was their own chances that they that they missed, ultimately. Nothing that, that Mary Earps necessarily had to, had to do. It was the defenders that were causing her problems. But she came up with that absolute cracking save with her left leg right towards the end of the game. Unbelievable save. Those, those saves are just as good as a goal. And I think sometimes goalkeepers often get reprimanded because they make a mistake and it obviously nine times out of ten goes in the back of the net. But she was amazing. Absolutely brilliant. And they could have lost that game if it wasn't for her. There were chances that would be in the back of the net. There was a chance in the first half which they should have put in the back of the net, Haiti, but they didn't, didn't hit the target. But if they would have, it would have been a goal for sure. So... The concentration to be a goalkeeper is, has to be high at all times. But I thought she was brilliant. But another point I wanted to make quickly, Faye, was that today was the first time I felt like, do you know what? We really miss Leah Williamson. Mm. And why I feel that way, not just because of her leadership, it was the other players around. You know, mm. Lucy Bronze and Alex Greenwood, they didn't look as comfortable when they were in possession and out of possession because Millie Bright hasn't played for what, two or three months now. Long, well, March. I, I can't add that up. Right. That is the three, yeah. more like three and months. And to play, give Millie Bright credit, wasn't her best game today. Gave away the ball a lot of times, kicked it out of play. But I'm sure many players would had they not played for three months and mm. then plays at this intensity that they played today. So, and Leah Williamson is very good at travelling out the back with the ball. 
commands that presence. Everybody else feels comfortable. So I just felt like they looked rattled, the back line. We didn't see Lucy Bronze getting up and down till the second half. Alex Greenwood, you know, had a couple of deliveries, but not that Alex Greenwood we really know. And the midfield was nowhere to be seen at all during the game. And that has to be said as well. So I think a lot of the emphasis will always be on, oh, Alessia Russo hasn't scored, all those things. But I actually thought the front three, apart from put the ball in the back of the net, they had a good job. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's our analysis. Anyway, what do the fans in Australia think? Talk Sports Shabana Hearn's been chatting with them. What did we make of that? I thought it was great. I was really impressed with the England's performance this time. There's so many attempts on goals. I was just shame that the goalie caught so many of them. She was outstanding. Yeah, well, she was. The hated yeah. goalie. Uh, so many shots on goal. Does it concern you moving forward in the competition? Um, no, I'm actually um, encouraged that they're doing that well. They've, I think they're doing better than they've done of a few last games. We were at the Portugal-friendly game. That was a, um, a, um, a nil-nil result. So I actually think they are um, performing better as a team now. What we saw from the Euros with Serena Wiegmann keeping our same squad, do you think she'll mix that up a lot more this time round? I think she probably have to with the retirements and the injuries that have taken place. I don't think she's got any choice. Can England go all the way? Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I do now. Particularly now I've seen that performance. I was a bit worried after a couple of the recent games, but yes, definitely. Okay, so a bit of a mixed bag there. I mean, perhaps we are being a little bit harsh, but I feel like we have to judge them based on the fact that they're European champions. Yeah, I think it's fair analysis, though. We've said so many times, Faye, that we want them to succeed and our job is to analyze we can't when they don't when when they play well say how great they are and when they it's not about highs highs lows lows mm. but we have to analyze because it's our job to do that and as a player i would expect to be critiqued and a manager it's modern day football it is what it is but there's no malice in it we're only seeing saying what we see and i'm sure they say the same thing and i said this to you earlier like you never hear a player come out and say few and far between just wasn't good enough and we'll be better the next game something as simple as that that's all you need to hear don't need to get carried away there's no nastiness it's just a reality that performance wasn't good enough mm. this is the women's world cup daily show on Talksport 2 faker others and leanne sardison with you coming up next we'll round up the other day three games Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Don't forget TalkSport have live commentary of all England and Republic of Ireland's games across the network. So thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Rothers. Leanne Sanderson is with me as well. World Cup bronze medalist back in 2015, no less. Uh, let's find out what else happened in day three and start with the other match in Group D, which is England's group of course that was between Denmark and China and Alfie Reynolds watched this one full-time Denmark one China nil Denmark joined England at the top of group D and boy did they leave it late substitute Amelie Vansgaard scoring the winner in the final minute of the 90 she headed in from a corner and what an occasion what a moment to score her first goal for her country the perfect way for Denmark to return to the World Cup this is their first appearance on the big stage since 2007 and it's a result which puts them in a great position to reach the quarterfinals for the first time since the 90s overall they were the better side although that last minute winner was their first and only effort on target China faded as the match went on they had a couple of efforts on goal but nothing which troubled Christensen the full-time score Denmark 1, China 0. So Denmark and China um, will be England's next opponents, kicking off with Denmark. What did you make of these two? Yeah, I think we know with the Scandinavian teams, they're always going to be good. Apart from Norway the other day, that one surprised me against New Zealand. I think Penilla Harder is obviously one of the best players in the world. And I think both these teams would have watched the earlier game and thought actually Haiti are going to be a difficult team to break down. So this is a this game is a massive game with regards to results and how the group works out. Getting in your first game out the way, you know, hopefully with a win is a major catalyst. So I think within this China team, you can never write them off. They've got some decent players. You know, they've got some players in NWSL in America that I know, like Wang Shuang that plays for Louisville. She's a good player. And they've got a lot number of players that can do the stuff they need to do when they need it. So I think they'll watch that game earlier with England and Haiti and think actually we can beat both these teams mm. I think if England play the way they did against Haiti against Denmark or China it will be really difficult yeah it will do the world champions USA kicked off their campaign earlier today Lisa O'Sullivan was watching this one for Talk Sport it has finished the USA 3 Vietnam nil and victory for the defending champions in their group E opener a clean sheet for 14 minutes before the inevitable first goal from the USA, a smart finish from Sophia Smith, scoring on her first start in a major competition with the quickest goal of the tournament so far. Not exactly a well-oiled machine, the USA, four attempts on goal in the first half, but most significantly, a penalty miss for Alex Morgan. Trinity Rodman clearly brought down on the right side of the box, an age-long wait for VAR to confirm the penalty. Morgan, from the spot, went straight down the middle, but Vietnam keeper Kim Tan had it covered, saved with her legs, and Morgan and really should have done better with the rebound. Just before half-time, Sophie Smith, Sophia Smith made it two. A ground-hugging grubber going under the keeper, finally confirmed after another long wait for VAR to rule out offside. 77 minutes gone, there was a cross from Sophia Smith to Lindsay Horan, that caught the Vietnam keeper Kim Tan off her line, and it was a straightforward dive 
for the skipper to put that into the back of the nets. It's finished USA 3, Vietnam 0. So as we know, the USA going for their third consecutive world crown, which is so impressive. And it was comfortable in the end against Vietnam in Auckland. And, and we talked previously when we were previewing the, the World Cup about Sophia Smith, two goals for her before half time. She is such a prospect, Leanne. She is, and you know what's funny, Faye? I've done two commentary games on her this year, and she's got a hat-trick in both of them. <laughs> so I, I was giving myself a little bit of credit. I was a good luck charm, but I'm not. Hang on, if England gets to the final, you are not on COCOMS. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But she's a fantastic player, and the, the thing about this UN Women's National Team is that they have so many young, talented players. Trinity mm. Rodman, Alyssa Thompson came into the game. She's 17, you know, and it's almost like They've how is this even possible? 14 players making their debut. Savannah DeMello, mm. she's done she's done amazing for Louisville this year, and a player that had never been called into a camp. Mm. People were calling for her to be called in, never been called in, and not only is she there, she starts in this game. So the Americans, they always seem to find a way. They're always backed forever and ever. I mean, there's a massive, almost like Statue of Liberty of Alex Morgan in New York. <laughs> You know, they just get behind them. The watch parties are through the roof. And, you know, this is why they are so good because they've always been ahead of the game. I'm not being funny, but um, if this game had been tighter, they might have pulled that down because, <laughs> you know, there was a memorable moment for Vietnam keeper Tran T. Kim Tan after keeping out Alex Morgan's penalty. It was a soft one, to be fair. The penalty had been awarded for a foul against Trinity Rodman, um, but Morgan's penalty was tame. It was. And I think the thing is, in this tournament, we're going to see, was there a changing of the guard? But there are other players that will start to see the younger players coming through. And Alex Morgan has carried a lot of responsibility for that team over a number of years. And, you know, Alex Morgan isn't the best player on that team. She's just been given that responsibility. Yes, she captains the team at times, especially when Becky Sabrin's not there and those types of things. But... She, that responsibility she has. I was her teammate before. Mm. She's like ro a rock star. Everybody knows her. Everybody wants a piece of her. And having that responsibility, I think, is always quite difficult. And I think she's grown a lot over the last couple of years. Casey Stoney's been massive in that at the San Diego Wave. And I think she's definitely improved, if that was even possible. But she'll definitely need to do a lot better in the next game. And Captain Lindsay Horan was on the uh, score sheet as well. Sophia Smith with the assist for for that one in the 77th minute to to round off um, the victory before that missed penalty. So the USA up and running as they try and defend their title. I'll tell you what, Japan gave a very good showing, albeit against Zambia making their uh, debut in the World Cup. It finished Japan 5, Zambia nil, and an impressive showing from the Japanese means they top group C. Charlotte Richardson was watching this one. Yes, it is heading towards full time. It's Zambia nil, Japan five. After a brave resilience from the World Cup debutants, Japan's class and efficiency proved to be very telling. A brace for Hawama Miyawa. Goals from Mina Tanaki and June Endo alongside a late, late, late penalty from Yukake means that the 2011 champions are off to an absolutely flying start. Full time nearly, Zambia nil, Japan five. They look good, Japan. Difficult to assess against a team like, like Zambia. But, you know, having seen England struggle against Haiti, you know, no such problems for Japan. No, I thought Japan were brilliant. You know, June Endo is, I think, a top, top player. She plays for Angel City and I think she scored, obviously she scored and had a really good game. But we know the, the Jap Japanese team are always going to possess the ball very well. And I thought they looked really good. And we spent, mentioned it the other day, didn't we, on the pod, Faye, with regards to Zambia. They just beat Germany. That just showed you how much of a crazy result that was when I said I have never seen anything like this in my whole time of even being here, genuinely. So 
again, Japan, they look really good. And that's exactly what we expected England to do to Haiti today, and it wasn't to be. So definitely a really good game. You know one thing I will say, though, Faye? I'm so happy there's not been loads of high-scoring games. Yeah, same. But, but you know, it's, it's like we said on commentary earlier on, actually. I think... It, I think the state of the women's game bearing in mind we've expanded the tournament to 32 teams now so you would expect the goal a bigger goal for the class to drop. but it hasn't, no, it hasn't in the slightest and actually it just shows how you know so many countries are finally albeit with so many off-field problems still within women's football but how many players there are coming up through the ranks finally and backing from their federations mm-hmm. as well there still needs to be more done from every federation, but they are getting backed. And I think that's a, a major catalyst. Players that are playing every day fully professional compared to players playing semi-pro and having to work, you're always going to get a discrepancy. Yeah, you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Leanne Sanderson is with me. Coming up, we'll hear from some England fans with more reaction and cross to the Republic of Ireland camp ahead of their second game with Canada. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women Dream Bigger. Uh, we are going to be with you uh, every day throughout the tournament here on Talk Sports. You can either download us as a podcast or listen to our show live throughout the tournament over the next four weeks. Uh, Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson with you right now. As you know, Talk Sport have live commentary of all of England and Republic of Ireland's matches at the Women's World Cup. Republic of Ireland still do have a chance of getting out of Group B despite their opening day defeat to co-hosts Australia. Talk Sports' Shabana Hearn is following them down under and has been catching up with Ireland midfielder Denise O'Sullivan. I think we can take a lot of positives from that game and bring it into the Canada game. So it's already in the back of my mind and I'm, I'm looking forward to the Canada game now. I think everybody who watched the Canada-Nigeria game can look at what Ireland brought to Australia and maybe see potential of getting out of the group. Yeah, definitely. I think that was a positive result for us, but we know every team in this group is going to be very difficult. Um, But yeah, after the Australia game, I do think we can take a lot of positives and we can bring it in into the Canada game. They're they're an excellent team. They're um, current Olympic champions and they have a lot of key players on that team. So it's going to be a big challenge, but I think it's one we're prepared for. And um, yeah, this this team is fantastic. We got a lot of talent. How prepared have you guys been for, for going out onto the world stage? Or is that something you just have to do to get it over with and go again? I don't think you can prepare yourself for it, honestly. I don't think I could have prepared myself for the other night. Um, just the whole experience of it, um, walking out in front of 75 plus thousand, it was just um, unbelievable. So yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but um, I think we, we took it in our stride. And I, I don't think the, re- the nerves really got to us the other night. We weren't overwhelmed. Um, and I think that showed in the game, especially in the last 20, 25 minutes. So it was a really close match in the end, wasn't it, Leanne, between Republic of Ireland and Australia? And I thought Republic of Ireland were, were excellent in their play. And they've got a real chance now because of that goalless draw between Nigeria and Canada. And the Olympic champions just don't look themselves. And Republic of Ireland are going to uh, hope that they could do something special on Wednesday. Yeah, I think I said it the other day. They were kind of my underdogs, dark horses for the competition, like to go a bit further than people expected. I think if it wasn't for that penalty giveaway from Shiva I mean I felt for her you could see how much it meant to her and I really felt for her but it was a really silly penalty to give away I thought Ireland looked organized the only thing they lacked they didn't have anyone that can put the ball in the back of the net and they could have scored you know Quinn had the opportunity at the end of the game wasn't a clear cut but they pushed and they pushed and I felt like Australia I don't think it was necessarily down to Sam Kerr I mean wasn't able to play and 
that wasn't the reason I think why Australia played so didn't play as well as we expected. But I expect them to do better in the next game. And the fact the other game was a draw, I think they can see they can go further than they expect because Canada and Nigeria, we said it before, they're not any they're not easy teams. But Republic of Ireland always had that heart, that fight. They've got Denise O'Sullivan, Katie McKay, but there's only so far you can do when the responsibility is on those two players. So I think they can be proud of themselves. They're going to be disappointed to give away that penalty and to lose in the way they did. But hang their heads high. 75,000 was at that game, and they were probably 74,000 of them were probably Australian fans, you know? So home nation, first game, big game, and I feel for them. Yeah, we're going to have uh, live commentary of their second uh, Group B match, which is against Canada on Wednesday. That'll be live for you on TalkSport 2. Charlotte Richardson and Remy Allen, part of your commentary team for that one. Um, Do you really think that they could get out of the the group? Do you think realistically we could see them in the last 16? There'll be some frantically rearranged flights if they they do. I think it's possible. I don't see... They they can definitely beat. Canada and Nigeria, there's no reason why they can't. But I think if they would have got something out of that game, absolutely. The first game, getting something out of your first game points-wise is, is, is a must, but I, I can see it. The, the, maybe I'm not as visually seeing it as I was before the first game, <laughs> but I am. I can see it. I feel it from them. See, because... I'm seeing it more because of the first game, okay. if, if anything. But they uh, lost, though. That's what I'm saying now. I, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I'm thinking in, with my Alessia Russo head on, talking about momentum, and you know they, they built momentum. They knew that they were in that game, and it was probably a game they didn't think they'd be able to... To, to win so you know it's it's all to play for that is for sure um, it was all to play for in England's opening game against Haiti it was live on Talk Sport earlier on today it finished 1-0 to England a much lower scoreline than many people thought but as Joe Shannon said in commentary a win is a win and we've had fans reaction from over in Australia let's find out some fans reaction here in England Talk Sport's Bradley Hayden has been speaking to fans at uh, the Queen's Header, an aptly renamed pub, actually, uh, in Shoreditch in London. Here's what they had to say. It was a cagey first game, but I think that was to be expected. I think a lot of people really underestimated Haiti, but it reminded me a lot of the Austria game in the Euros, first opening game. They just needed to get a win, and they got one. I think it's a good start to the tournament. Hopefully we can kick on against Denmark, but harder game next week so hopefully Serena's got some tricks up her sleeve maybe play Lauren James from the start next time so you'd like to see Lauren James coming next game I think she's a bit of a secret weapon it's her first tournament I get why not starting at this game because she's quite young but I think you've got to have that kind of like surprise element um, from the start I think Rusa did well but it was quite hard to break them down what did you think of us defensively would you like to see Rachel Daly go back to left back no because she's so good up front she's top scorer in the league this season I'd rather see her start than Russo. Both great players, but I think I'd see Daly start up front rather than Russo. We wildly disagree on this one, but that's fine. Both great players. Both are brilliant players, but I think like I think I think Daly's got the option to come on, um, which I think is really strong. But I also I don't I, I I don't think that Lauren James should be starting either. I think like I would pick Lauren Hemp over over Lauren James any day to also, start. Russo last year was a superstar. Parent Tune came on when the defence was tired and that was the impact that Look, I think, Leanne, at the end of the day, people are just buzzing that, you know, this game is out of the way now and um, we can look forward to, to the, rest of the, uh, the rest of the tournament. But looking ahead to Denmark, what are England going to have to do? Play better, ultimately. <laughs> but end of pod. I think, no, but I think, you know, jokes aside, I think defensively, 
They have to be better. Giving away the ball. Mini Bright gave it away a number of times and against a better team, Penilla Harder and those types of players, they will hurt you. They will not give you... Look at when Penilla Harder came on in the FA Cup final and put it on the plate for Sam Kerr. These are game-changing players that will not give you in a second opportunity. So it definitely needs to be better. I think team selection-wise, I would definitely start Lauren James in the 10. And I would play Rachel Daly in the fullback position. I don't, again, I sound like a stuck record, but I don't think it should be based upon one, Alessia Russo scoring, Rachel Daly doesn't score, blah, blah, all that type of stuff. Because I think you get into a situation there. Fans are getting into that type of situation, but we're not going to. So I don't think, what do you think? Do you think Serena Veeman's going to change the team? Because mm. we know she's quite stubborn in her team selection. Because I said this, when she took off Beth Mead and against Spain, remember at the Euros, and I'm saying, why is she taking off Beth Mead? <laughs> And then, you know, it worked, and then we scored. <laughs> this is so, what I said to you at the start of the pod. How can you question Serena Wiegmann? You know, you, you can constructively criticise what happened in, in that opening match because it wasn't the best performance. You could tell from Serena Wiegmann's post-match interview with our reporter, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, that she wasn't overly happy either. But equally, I think, like you, she's not going to panic, and I think she will have a secondary game plan because whenever I've sat down with the England manager and interviewed her, she has always said we have scenario A, scenario B, scenario C, scenario D. For example, at the Euros, COVID was still around back then. It feels like so well, long ago. she had it and missed the she game. She did have it and missed the game. She missed it. Was it the Republic of Ireland game she missed, I think, possibly in Southampton, maybe? My, my memory is not that great. <laughs> Do you know what I actually said at the start of the show, didn't I? You know, it wasn't even a year ago. We This time last year, we hadn't seen Alessia Russo's back heel in the Sweden semi-final or Chloe Kelly's Brandy Chastain moment in the final against Germany or them lifting uh, the European trophy which is quite phenomenal so actually this is a team still you know less than a year into their journey and there's more pressure now Faye there that's is. the biggest thing mm. I don't think it's not to do with Serena Wiegmann necessarily why the because I think it's easy to point the finger at the manager team selection but sometimes teams just go through moments that they need to find them, their way out of and I have no doubt the Lionesses will do that yeah, and uh, the next England game is live on TalkSport 2. It's on the 28th of July. Leanne Sanderson will be on commentary duty again alongside Joe Shen, and I'll be hosting for you as well. But we've got plenty of uh, of shows in the meantime, wrapping up all of the action from the Women's World Cup out in Australia and New Zealand. Thank you, Leanne, as always. Thanks, Faye. Get some sleep. It feels like it's been a very long day. <laughs> Football in the morning, by the way. Loving Amazing. it. Uh, thank you to Leanne Sanderson, Joe Shen and Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Lisa O'Sullivan, Charlotte Richardson, Alfie Reynolds, Shabana Hearn, Bradley Hayden, producer Maya, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app daily. Our next show is on Monday the 24th and we'll round up all the action from day five.